Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Bears Coaches Show. Good to be with you tonight with Bears head coach Matt Nagy, Jeff Joniak with you until 8 o'clock tonight. We're brought to you by Whipley CPAs and Consultants. And just after 7.30, joined by special teams coordinator Chris Tabor to join the program. Uh, a very, very tough loss uh, yesterday to the Detroit Lions. Uh, you look at it, Matt, uh, the fourth largest comeback in team history, week one, and then a, a rough 10-point uh, fourth quarter loss in week 13 it's the story of the national football league just underscores just how hard it is to win every single week yeah it's not it's not easy and you, you go to see yesterday you know how that goes and you have a 10 point lead with four minutes to go and you know that's that's what we talk about finishing so um it, it's every game is going to be a little bit different and we've had our, our challenges this year with that and trying to figure out ways to either come back and win or now keep a lead and 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 win and so we didn't do that and we got to pick up the pieces and, and keep getting after it as losses go where does this one stick with you in your history yeah this one this was one that you always remember uh for for so many different reasons i you know it's it's um it's kind of like in the middle of the season when we had a couple of those games where the offense was really struggling and the defense was playing really really well and we weren't we just weren't working hand in hand and this was one yesterday where i was just so darn proud of the offense and the challenge that was presented to them all week long about coming out from the very first play and, and creating a tempo. And all game long, we had tempo. We were in control that whole game offensively. So as much as it stinks to, to lose the game, and it hurts, and this is one you always remember, uh, that is the one positive that, that we can take out of this thing and that we need to use here in the rest of the season. Even the best of us um, in, a, in a situation like this could speak it and say it and walk around with it, the positivity, but – are you challenged right now, even you as a man right now, about this? Because it's it's one of those deep, dark holes. Absolutely. And if you if you can't admit that, then you're probably, you know, not telling the <laughs> truth. So I think that's real. And, and that's where that's where in these times right now, and what I think is really important is a lot of people, um, and I'm talking about on the field, off the field, everybody, in these moments, people show their true colors. And that's what I'm looking at right now, whether it's players, whether it's coaches, whether it's friends, whether it's family, you can see how people are. And, and so I think this is a, a, an experience for me that uh, you use it the right way. And the ones that, that understand how to fix things, the ones that, that have been callous through times like this, they're the ones that support you as you go through it. And they're the ones you lean on in these times. And, and I'm not just talking about family and friends. I'm talking about the players and the coaches and experiences you go through and yeah, you're right. It, it, it is, it feels like a pretty deep, dark hole right now. Uh, but eventually somewhere there's going to be some sunshine and I don't know where that is or, or when it is. I, I, but that's just how I live my life, man. And, and, uh, I'm going to continue to stay positive. You know, if you see any of it, if you see the negativity or maybe you have over the course of your career, how do you approach players that do show that I'm not suggesting that's happening, but if it does start, what do you do? Oh, uh, you give them advice. You tell them what's in front of us, you know, and, and, uh, unless you want to continue to keep having it be a dark hole and keep digging a hole, then you can keep being negative. And that's, but then the people that want to be a part of it, the people that want to stay positive, that have good energy, have good juice. Um, you know, that's, they're, they're the ones that you rely on to get this thing fixed. And so, uh, is it natural for 24 hours for you to be emotional and then to feel hurt? Yeah. I mean, we, you want that too, but you got to be able to get out of it. And there's great leaders in this world, um, in, in the sports world that have been through these times. And it's, it's a matter of, uh, you know, having a great supporting cast and just listening right now in times like this and not panicking, but, uh, that's what we have to do. And, and, 
the ones that, that want to be a part of that, is, that's the exciting part for us as coaches. You know, in your position, you have to answer to every player. They have to answer to you. You have to answer to, to management. You have to answer to the building in, in many senses. So are these hard days, even though the communication is something that I know is great with all of you guys, and you mentioned it this morning in the news conference with, with George and Ted, when they ask questions, you have to answer some hard questions. Is that one of your bigger challenges? Well, yeah, and, and but for for me – um, one of the things that, that I like to do is I'm, I'm always just in conversations. I'm always very honest. And sometimes it might not be the right answer when I'm talking to a player, when I'm talking to a coach, uh, you know, no matter who I'm talking to, uh, they're always going to get my, my open, honest opinion and evaluation of whatever the, the topic is. And so, um, you know, then, then you go from there and you figure out the whys and you figure out, okay, how, how do we get better and how do we work together and what, what are the answers? And, and then if there's no answers, then you got to go to something else. But um, that's why sometimes tough discussions for some people are tough, but a lot of times for, for myself, just because I believe in that and I live by that, it, it's not quite as tough as sometimes it may feel. Is it help you coach knowing that you have the ability to have outstanding communication? Because if you didn't have that, and you were shut out, it would be pretty challenging. Yeah, it would be hard. And you have to have that. You and now the part of the communication as a as a head coach um is is more ears, you know, is more listening and understanding and being able to paint that picture and figure out the whys and and then also start with myself, you know, and what is it and 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 understand, okay, here here's how we get this fixed, here's how we get that fixed. I might be the conduit of communication between a player and a coach because there's, there's some stuff going on there and, or it could be anything, you know, it might be a player and a player, but I got to be able to, to help that out. That's my job. And, and so um, there's, there's different ways to do it. And I think listening is a big part. All right, let, let's dip in a little bit here before we uh, hit a commercial break on the offense. There was efficiency and was couraging day. What did you think overall of all the different parts being used in it, including the young guys, Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet? Yeah, no, it was everybody. I mean, it was pretty cool to see uh, our tight ends blocking in the run game, our running backs running hard, protecting in the pass game, running backs making plays in the pass game, wide receivers making big catches over the middle, run after the catch. Um, when 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 you're in a game offensively and you're on the offensive side of the ball and there's not a lot of third downs because the first and seconds are really good, that's what yesterday was for us, especially obviously in the first half. That first half, those – first five possessions that felt good and it wasn't just okay well we were throwing at every play or we were running at every play we were we were trying to keep them off balance with play actions with the movements in the nakeds our run game early on man it just established really well the line was getting after them we were creating running lanes and we were scoring touchdowns we weren't coming out of it with three we were scoring touchdowns and and to have three touchdowns there in the first half uh that's what you want that's what we've been wanting all year long so now we tried to mix it up a little bit in the third and, and have some no huddle. And again, I don't know what's going on, but it didn't work. And so now, uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't get anything going in the third and then the fourth there, we, we, we had a, we had a, a crucial penalty and then a couple sacks and again, finishing. Trubisky going to roll to the near side. He's got Komet, turns his shoulders, 10, 5, end zone, touchdown! Touchdown Bears! 
Trubisky, 11 yards for the touchdown. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show. Cole Komet with a big touchdown catch and run. The Chicago Bears and Proven IT are supporting Chicago small businesses. Just Sandwiches is this week's Small Business All Pro. Visit chicagobears.com slash smallbusinessallpros to learn more. Here with head coach Matt Nagy. Uh, let's talk about that play. Uh, we broke it down on our TV show on Bears Game Night Live on uh, Fox last night. Just the simplicity of the, the, the boot, which is an outstanding, effective play, and just seeing that big guy running with the football on several occasions yesterday, but into the end zone and into the tunnel uh, had to be a joy for you as well. Yeah, that was awesome. I, you know, we, we got to keep him going, and to, to, he gets across there real nice on the naked, and Mitch got it to him nice and, nice and quick, had pinpoint accuracy with the throw. And then Cole, you know, big body with some speed. It's going to be tough to, to tackle him there going in, and he was able to get in for a touchdown. Let's go back to what you said about the no huddle to start the, the third quarter, and you, you kind of chuckled about, hey, it didn't work for whatever reason. Because of the ineffectiveness in terms of scoring in that quarter, is it starting to create ghosts in everybody's head about it? Too much pressing. I mean, what could be the issue? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You know, I, I think that uh, we said at the beginning of the week, we're, regardless of the score, we don't care what the score is. We're going no huddle to start the third. And so we had to stick to that. And, you know, we were running the ball well against them. And, you know, you can say, well, shoot, we should have just came out and tried to run the ball. Well, you know, we've been doing that this year. And then for different reasons, it hasn't been working. So we stuck to it. We weren't going to live in it, but we were going to try to get a couple first downs and then back out of it. And then we had a, a penalty that kind of dug us back a little bit. And before you know it, we had to punt. And now they they also got the ball to start the third. Yep. So they had one more possession than us in that third. So we, we really had that possession, I think one other short one. And then it was before you know it, it's the fourth. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's definitely crazy how this is going on right now. I've never been a part of it. In terms of Matthew Stafford, I mean, he's done this to a lot of teams. That doesn't make it feel any better, obviously. But now he's got the most – Fourth quarter comebacks in NFL since he came in the league, and he's tied for seventh all-time in NFL history. Uh, knowing that, knowing he's going to have opportunities like that, he's never going to uh, back down from it, it's still a little bit of a disbelieving moment, isn't it, when you're up by 10 with 4.30 to go? How are you processing that now with coaches? Yeah, no, it is because, you know, we feel like that's our strength is, is being able to close them out on defense and, and then, or get to offense where we can just go ahead and, and get that first down um, in four minutes. And so, but you're going against, like you said, a, a really good quarterback that if you give him time, he'll dice you with his arm. I mean, he's, he's, he's so deadly accurate. And um, you know, that, that's, that's something that I know we talked about this morning as a coaching staff is being able to limit those big plays and then close the games out. I think there were 18 plays of, of 10 yards or more and nine of 20 yards or more with, with uh, the Detroit Lions yesterday. He did get out of the pocket a little bit when the rush was coming. It was more of an interior rush, it seemed. Uh, was that a, a critical component to the win for the Lions yesterday and those success plays? It definitely helped him getting outside to be able to see those intermediate throws. And, and so, you know, if you lose any contain or if you have a TE game or a stunt where a defensive end goes inside, then you got to have your D tackle going outside and have that keep that guy contained and you'll see some teams that force a quarterback a certain way you know depending on which way they like to roll out of the pocket 
but I, I just felt like yesterday there was a few times where, where that happened, where it just made it a nice clean pocket for him to be able to see his, his guys. And then he's going to, he's always going to beat you with his arm. Despite giving up all that yardage and, and the five touchdowns, there were some, some interesting things that did happen defensively. Let's talk about Bilal Nichols. I think he was a all state tight end uh, and growing up in high school in Delaware there had the interception. That's not an easy catch. I'm certain. And then a sack is, is his play continuing to develop over the course of the year to your satisfaction. Yeah, he's growing. He's getting better and that's what we need right now you know i think that being able to develop these guys that you draft and uh that was definitely a huge point in the game where we would have loved to get points off of that uh but it was a big play and it was pretty pretty athletic play all things considered and then buster screen in the open field uh double leg takedown basically for the former all state wrestler there uh, on fourth down and one and dhc limiting a a catch to the tight end hawkinson uh, to, to make it a fourth and one. Those were early in the game, but those are the type of plays that uh, I felt were very impactful. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. And especially with Buster on that fourth and one coming the whole way across the field on a jet sweep, that's not easy because you don't have a great angle to make that play. But he went in there and, like you said, him having that wrestling background, he's always been a physical player now for his size. Uh, he might be pound for pound for pound, one of the toughest on the team. And so I appreciate that about him and uh, certainly a big play. couple snaps in there for Travis Gibson getting his feet wet. What would you see? Uh, I, I liked what he – Travis has done a great job all year long at just staying the course, waiting for his time to come, and yesterday that was it. So uh, I think he was in around 10 or 11 plays in the game. Every one of those plays, he was uh, – you know, whether it was some type of rush move or, or trying to, you know, affect the quarterback, he did it 100 miles an hour, and he's only going to continue to get better. Snap Trubisky, stretches the handoff. There's David Montgomery at the 10, bouncing outside to the 5, stiff arm into the end zone, touchdown, left pylon. David Montgomery will not be denied. And the Bears lead at 9-0 here in the first quarter at Soldier Field. This segment of the Bears Coaches Show brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow with Bears head coach Matt Nagy. Just heard the, the first touchdown run by David Montgomery. That may have been my favorite David Montgomery touchdown run of the year. And that, and that was just sheer desire to get in there. Uh, break that one down for us. Yeah, no, I mean, it just the, – the the effort of David. I mean, this kid's been doing this since he's been here. I'm just so so proud of the way he runs. He runs so hard. He makes so many people miss. His effort, his determination to score uh, is second to none. And so, you know, obviously a lot of the guys on that play did their job in, in blocking in. But when that football is in his hands, it's going to take more than one guy to get him down. I think he showed it there. And, and let's talk about Darnell Mooney because, uh, you know, you quick, you, you wake up this morning, you start looking at some of the team stats, getting ready for the next game. You see Darnell Mooney's got 71 targets, 40 catches, 428 yards, second most uh, yards after the catch in the receiver room. Uh, this is uh, maybe a not-so-quietly uh, emerging season for a fifth-round draft pick. Yeah, we're, we're very fortunate to have Darnell. I mean, he's he's come in here and done a lot of great things. And to tell you the truth, you know, we, we want to be able to, you know, look for him even more because he's such a playmaker. I, you see yesterday on that third down, um, they, they played a little zone. They had a guy waiting there for him in the flat, and, and Mitch just made a great, great throw underneath. And then Darnell just turned on the Jets and outran him down the sideline. And instead of going out of bounds, stuck his head in and got another four or five yards. So I just – we've been very impressed from him from day one. He's a great kid. Matt, is it too easy to be critical of A-Rob on that catch that could have been a first down, defender fell down? Um, I know that was my immediate reaction. Hey, you got to get that no matter what because you get shots at the end zone then given the time. I know there's a balance between getting out of bounds and whatnot, but um, how, how do you frame that? Yeah, I, I would say it, it's, it is hard because 
again, for me, just knowing who A-Rob is as the type of person and he is and how, how his football IQ is, is, is so high. And sometimes in those situations, when you turn around to catch the ball and you, you catch it and you turn around to all of us that are watching it on TV, we know where that yellow line's at. We know where that first down marker's at. But when you go to turn around, sometimes you just you lose your awareness a little bit of where you're at. And then, oh, by the way, you know, you're always taught to get out of bounds. So he was kind of caught in between the two. And we have we have a, 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 the ability there to get a first down. We call timeout. Or if we don't, we got to go for it. And that's what happened. So I, I know A-Rob's probably kicking himself more than most people. But that, that's definitely a tough one. One thing about uh, fans in football, it's, it is an emotional reaction, good and bad. And, and th- in, in the world of fans – and media, for that matter, I, I assume it, it, there's black and white decision-making, and that's certainly not the case. And as you stand before your team, what, what is the most difficult thing right now about standing before your team? Well, just letting them know, you know, they're, what's the, the part to the, to the players that you keep hearing and from the coaching staff is, you know, is everyone wants this so bad. And there's really, when it comes down to it, we have Sundays to get this done. And, and Monday, Monday through Saturday – is important to get your practice reps. It's important to do your meetings and all that stuff. But when it comes down to it on Sunday for those 60 minutes, are we doing enough to win the game? And, and so the talk goes only for so long and, and, you know, the messages and at some point in time, then as, as players and as coaches, you just got to find a way to get it done. And that's kind of where we're at right now. All right, let's look at the Houston Texans, a record that is four and eight, but uh, they have had very strong games against a lot of first place teams. What's your early look? Yeah, well, they're, they've always been a good football team. They're a team that's in the playoffs all the time, and I, I know they've gone through some stuff this year. But, you know, Deshaun Watson is a, is a quarterback that can not only beat you with his arm but can, can get outside of the pocket, extend plays, and beat you with his legs. Um, and then the weapons they have there on offense as well. Defensively, J.J. Watt is where it starts for them, and he's their leader. And I just think that for, for us, we got to make sure. I think we keep continuing to worry about us and what we do. Uh, but also understand where they're at. So you got two teams right now that, you know, they had a, a tough loss. The way that they lost too was tough. So you got two teams that lost in two different tough, you know, difficult fashions and are going to continue to go fight against one another until somebody gets a win. You know, somebody asked me about this the other day, just a friend of mine, a fan, he goes, you know, how, how, why do coaches always say, you know, when you ask them questions about other teams, they, hey, we, we do got to worry about us because that, that is the truth though. And explain a coach's thinking about that. Yeah, well, there's you have to be aware of your opponent and what their strengths and weaknesses are, but you also need to be able to do the same thing to to your own team. And especially, I think, when you're going through what we're going through right now is you have to get you right first. And, and so when you're winning and you feel like you got you right, then um, you can focus a little bit more on what you're about to see. But right now, when you're going through what we're going through, it's very important that you get you right. And so that's where we're at. All right, Matt, we'll let you go. Appreciate your time as always. And good luck in your prep this week for the Houston Texans. I appreciate it, Jeff. Cordero to the 10 to the 15 of the 20. A little stumble, 25-30. Slipping through tacklers. Down the left side to the 40, to the 45, and knocked out of bounds on the far sideline. You have a hard time bringing down a freight train. Like Cordero Patterson. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show, brought to you by Whipley CPAs and Consultants, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears. Learn more at Whipley.com. Now joined by Chris Tabor, the Bears Veteran Special Teams Coordinator. Good to have you alongside. Chris, how you doing today? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for your time. This is probably something you always want. You want at least a couple of big plays on special teams that impact the game in some form or fashion. Uh, you at least got one with that big return uh, from Cordero Patterson. Let's start there. We just heard the highlight. 
Uh, the guy keeps on churning. He keeps on rolling. No, and that was a that was a good job by the guys blocking. Uh, and and he did. There wasn't a lot of room in there, and he just kind of picked his way through there. Uh, but the guys were, I thought, physical at the point of attack there, and and, and did a good job giving him that crease. Detroit had, uh, had been coming into the game and kicking short to a lot of people, and they've been doing a great job covering. So that was that was a big challenge to our guys, and that was a good way for us to to start right out of the gate. More and more, are you noticing, or maybe it's just been consistent that. When you got a guy like him back there, everybody else, the other 10 guys, want to make it special because he's special. No, I think that I think there's a lot of truth to that. And I think that uh, because they know that it could go at any moment and you don't want to be that guy that didn't finish your block. So, uh, you know, in that room, they take a lot of pride in, in, in that unit. So uh, I'm, re- I'm really pleased with them. We just did a feature with him for our Bears uh, Game Day Live show on Fox, and you just the guy had a grin from ear to ear. He just loves the game, and you know some guys can talk it, but he shows it every single every single day, and uh, it must be a joy to coach this guy. He's he, he is he's definitely one of the funnest guys that I've I've coached. He he's uh, he is he's fun to be around uh, because he does he just likes to play football. He is a football player. You know, I mean, he's a guy, obviously, the, the ball's in his hands. He's special. Uh, but he can also go down and cover kicks. I mean, he just he just plays. That's, that's, that's what you really appreciate about him. Four special teams tackles heading into the uh, next game here against the Houston Texans. Do you think, because of his running style, he delivers more punishment than he takes? Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I do. I mean, he, he I remember standing out on the field one time with another coordinator and we were just visiting and then the returners came out for the warm up. And here he comes and the and the coordinator looked at me and he goes, my gosh, I knew he was big. I didn't realize he was that big. I said, oh, yeah, he's big. He's big and he moves fast. So, no, he's it's a he has special traits. He, re, he really does. And, and uh, he's just, you know, the other thing about him, he's re, he's a really just he's a good team player. You know, and, and he's really great for our room, and and uh, you know we're we're glad that he's with us. Yeah, he's approaching 900 yards in returns. You talk about when in the punt game, you know, get our first first down, but you get a 45 yard like that. He just gave you four first downs, and no, in, in his yeah, career, yeah. you know, he, he, this is he's heading towards his third NFL 1,000 plus yard season in return yards, and I, I don't know if fans care about that stuff uh, because we also we trumpet running backs for doing it, receivers for doing it. Uh, but honestly, when it's a returner, uh, that's a tremendous hidden yardage and field position. And uh, this will be the first time since 2015 if he gets there. And that was with the, the Vikings in his first year. He had over 1,300 yards in the NFL. Wow. I did not, I did not know that, uh, that stat right there. That's, uh, that's good to know. I appreciate that little, that little nugget Well, right you know, there. You, we'll you, you can count on me for a few nuggets now and then. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's the extent of it. Um, how is uh, DeAndre Carter working out at this point? This is your fifth punt returner this year. Yeah, he's doing well. You know, he had uh, one chance yesterday and, and uh, was very aggressive uh, with, with that, he catches the ball. Well, you know, we didn't, uh, and I thought yesterday, I mean, that, that punter, uh, we tried to apply a little bit of pressure just because we felt like if we, if we did a little bit of that, that his punts wouldn't be as booming. Uh, he was number one in the league in net and gross. And, uh, yesterday he got some rolls really is, is, is what he got. So, uh, I think that when he gets an opportunity, 
uh, this, this kid has, he has, he has a chance. He's doing a nice job for us. And, and, uh, you know, glad he's here also. The Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon. Anthony Adams and Lauren Screeden cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night at 11.05 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago or watch anytime at chicagobears.com around the Bears official app. Here with Chris Tabor, the Bears special teams coordinator. All right, let's dig into the game now. Um, look, Looking at the decision-making uh, on that potential onside kick after the Lions scored a touchdown and, and then – putting Mooney back there as opposed to Patterson. What's the thinking? Because I'm, I'm certain you're looking at two possible scenarios and trying to, to find the right answer. The two scenarios there, uh, Prater, he, he has a, a really good high, high hopper, what we call where it goes into the ground and then it hangs up in the air on his onside kick. And uh, Cordell's always been that hands guy because he is so big and strong, and there's always, obviously, on that play, a lot of bodies around. Uh, so that's why we play him there. And then you like to put uh, – we had Cohen back there earlier in the year. You, that's a guy that obviously has to be able to field the football and has speed to be able to, to track a lot of things because he, he has to cover a lot of field now. And, uh, and that's, what, that's what Mooney gives us. And, and they did a nice job of uh, executing that kick right there to, to get you inside. The, I mean, on the flip side of that, you want to get them inside the 20, and that's what that's – unfortunately is what they did to us. Was it his decision to just go third base, third base slide and slide it out, or what was the decision making there on on Mooney's part? I I, I was fine with his decision making. I mean, he he fielded the ball. That ball wasn't. It, it was it was too close to let it drop and see if it goes back for a touchback. Uh, and those guys, obviously, your hands team, uh, uh, not as good as blockers. Uh, so to speak, because you're you're trying, you're thinking that hey, possible ball coming at me, I got to dodge it. Those those type of things, then find my guy to get. Uh, but no, he's you know he's going, and then you know I have no problem with him. He doesn't need to take a shot or get held up, and then they come in and punch the football. At the end of the day, we must make sure that we have the football at the end of that play. Playing the percentages on something like that uh, with all the different scenarios in the game because of three timeouts and the two-minute warning, it's likely, more likely, they would kick it deep, right? I think that I think that's those those are checks that you can have. Yeah. You can put your kick return team out there and they kick an onside kick at two minutes to go and you don't get the ball back and then we can we can sit around and we can talk about that. Or uh, at the end of the day, we must make sure that we have the football at the end at at the end of that play and uh that's those those are scenarios they go you put your hands team out there then the kickoff team because of those timeouts then they elect to kick it deep and and pin you there and say that we're going to use the timeout so that's a though those are situations that that come up but you must always make sure the trump card is have the football at the end of the play all right, let's talk about Cairo Santos, uh, now up to 16 in a row. I, I don't think you care much about the streak, obviously, uh, because those can become uh, their own little uh, distractions. But, boy, he continues to shine. What a great season he's having, given where he's come from. How pleased are you with Cairo right now? I'm doing – I'm, I'm proud of him. You know, I, I, I still think there's room for improvement there. And, uh, you know – He's, he's making kicks and he's getting his points and that that's what a, a field goals kicker job is um, and then yesterday you know tried to move the ball around a little bit on Agnew and because uh, he's such a, a, a dangerous returner uh, but he, I've been real pleased with him he's get he's getting better and you know he's he's healthy now fully healthy and and I think that that's a uh, a credit to him to to get back to where he was when he was in Kansas City 
There were a bunch of missed kicks in the league yesterday. In, in your case, an extra point block. Uh, you can break that one down for us. But just is it the turn of the calendar to December with some of these kicks, you think? Maybe so. I thought, you know, they they had a really good guy there. We didn't uh, do a good job in our C gap there, and I thought the kick was a little low. So we got to, you know, we got to do, you know, kind of combination of those things. Uh, but, yeah, you, you might. I mean, with the wind and the weather changing, the ball's not flying as far uh, as, as it was early in the year. I mean, those those things are going to pop up. I didn't see that – I didn't know that there was a lot of missed kicks in the league. I didn't uh, – I haven't perused the rest of the league yet. Yeah. Hey, is it a fun chess match for you with the return game? And I know the league continues to look at it and make adjustments and, and rules changes and whatnot, but – you know, like you said with Agnew, how, how, to, how to deal with a guy like that, how to disrupt somebody's rhythm, and vice versa what other teams are going to do to Cordero back there. Is that a fun part of coaching for you? No, it is. It is. I mean, just like Detroit yesterday, uh, Prater had not been kicking off. Fox right. had been the kick, kickoff guy, and then I see Prater warming up. And we were prepared, but yeah, it just it, it does. It throws you off. Or, or teams against us, we get a lot of different looks with regards to which safeties are pulling out to, to try to confuse our count and those type of things. So we, we always get something um, each week that goes off script, so to speak. And it is fun to be able to figure it out and make the adjustments. I really, that's, that's enjoyable. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show, brought to you by Whipley CPAs and Consultants. A few more minutes with Special Teams Coordinator Chris Tabor. I um, want to talk about the coverage units and just the play of some of the guys. And Joel E.A. Booneyway has been at the top of the, the chart in tackles. Now I think he's up to eight tackles overall. A lot of your guys have tackles this year. It's not just one or two guys with the lion's share, but very athletic body, very, very thick body going down there and making plays. I tell you, I thought yesterday, he is, he's, a, he's, a, he's, He's improving, and we've uh, made note of that. And I think a lot of the guys uh, – yesterday I thought we played much faster uh, in, a, in our coverage area. And, I don't, you know, obviously that Detroit was a really good special teams unit, so we, we had our work cut out for us. But uh, just I thought we played more physical. Mingo played more physical. DHC is, is, is playing physical. Uh, Holtzy had a couple tackles. You know, when you're starting to pick that up from your tight end – position though so that, that that's a big deal in the special teams world just uh you know your bigger bodies being able to make plays in open space that's uh that's been really good for us has that been a coaching point of yours to be more physical no i just want to play tough hard-nosed football and i just i i like our group i really do and i and i love the way that they prepare and, and practice and and uh, i was just I, I was proud of uh their effort that they gave us yesterday and uh, they, they've, they've been doing that. So, uh, you know, we, but there's still room for improvement for us. And that, that's the thing that uh, I think they're encouraged by about, and I am too. And, and uh, you know, this week will be another challenge for us. So, you know, let's, let's play better and, 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 uh, and keep improving. Is it a good thing when the numbers uh, for the tackles and who's involved is spread out over the entire unit? Do you, do, is that a sign of what for you? I, I think that's a sign of, you know, it's, it's a whole collective unit. And, you know, when you have just one player making all the tackles, then, you know, then he can be pinpointed and, and taken away by another team. When it's, when it's spread out, that means that guys are, are, are playing off of each other. Uh, you know, maybe one guy, you know, uh, like I say, he's a dog and he flushes the bird out of the bushes and the other guy 
he shoots it, he gets it, you know, but it was because of the dog went into the bush, you know? So I, I think that's what we're, what we're getting. Some guys are, are, they don't make the tackle, but I say they force the tackle. So I think that that's good. If we can keep it spread out, that's good for us. Let's talk about patio. Uh, I know he's one of the top guys in the league and inside the 20 this year, and he got some punts inside the 10 yesterday. No, that was big. I, those, those, those two pooch punts I thought were, were really big time by him because you kind of get into that area where maybe there's not a, a lot of room and just for him to, eliminate the touchback and, and we, we don't get those uh that, that that's big for us i've been proud of them all right scratch the surface on the texans what are we looking at big strong fast you know just getting into them right now and and uh i've been kind of tracking them uh through the we have this thing the big play tape and they're on it a lot they make a lot of big plays and they got good cover units and so we'll we'll have our hands full all right big chris appreciate the time as always good luck with your prep this week we'll talk to you down the road all right buddy thank you that's a wrap on tonight's Bears Coaches Show. I want to thank our producers, Jordan Treadup, Dan Barilli, Andy Gersher, and Keith Johnson. For Bears head coach Matt Nagy and special teams coordinator Chris Tabor, I'm Jeff Joniak. We'll bring you the Bears and Texans Sunday from Soldier Field, 9 a.m. pregame, noon the kickoff. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a pleasant good evening. This is News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM, WBBM. Good night.